0: Welcome to the Soulcraft Your Life podcast. My name is Carmen Marshall, and I'm a life design and manifestation expert, a seven-figure entrepreneur, wellness educator, and a dance teacher. And I'm passionate about helping you create a magical and fulfilling life. Whether you want to discover your purpose, learn how to attract financial abundance, or create more health, balance, joy, and connection in your life, the Soulcraft Your Life podcast has got you covered one part strategy and one part soul. Each week we explore both the practical and the spiritual with intriguing experts and fascinating human beings, all sharing their wisdom to help expand what we think is possible for our own lives. The goal? To help you create a life you love on your own terms that stems from your soul. Let's dive in and discover what this life has to offer each of us. Hi, Gorgeous Souls! Welcome to Episode 4, which is all about creating connected relationships. And I have a super fun interview for you with relationship coach and heart alchemist, Russell Price. So Russell, or Rusky as I've known him for many years because, fun fact, we rent our beloved villa in Bali from Rusky when we live there, is just a wonderful example of someone who really lives what he teaches. He studied and explored the dynamic of relationships deeply over the years, including opening the Australian College of Energetic Medicine and teaching a blend of body work, energy work, and modern psychology dedicated to helping people heal their mind, body, and soul. But what also makes Russell so unique is he takes a body-centered approach to relationships using quantum hypnotherapy, a beautifully effective tool, which we'll explain more in the podcast to release trauma, and also heart alchemy, the practice of releasing old relationship patterns to cultivate safety and intimacy with your partner. In this really juicy interview, we cover a range of topics, from how to untangle from trauma, even if you don't think you have it, to the cultural effects on relationships like the Me Too movement, tender, political correctness, to important but simple strategies to deepen your relationships right now. This interview was not long enough. There are so many things to talk about in relationships, right? So I look forward to a part two in the future, but for now, let's dive in. Rusky, I am super happy to have you on the podcast. I've been wanting to bring the conversation of relationships to Soulcraft for so long. So super glad you're here. And I wanted to start with your, your bio on Instagram, because it's one of the best bios I've ever read. So I'm just going to read it, actually. So Russell Price, The Heart Alchemist, helping successful women master men dating and relating with trauma-informed hypnotherapy and coaching. I think that's just absolutely brilliant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: Can you tell us more what you do? Like in that whole vein, I just... Yeah, I think it's amazing. It's so well said. But tell us more.
1: Great question. So, what what do I do? I've been trying to answer this question, and it seems to change every time I answer it. But I'll give you my current answer, and maybe a bit of a uh, maybe some context as well. So, first of all, comments. It's a delight to be here. I'm so glad to reconnect with you, and I'm looking forward to yeah sharing. Hopefully, sharing something. Which will be of real value to your audience, and um, most of us, if not all of us, um, we're we're relational creatures. Relationships are really important to us, and it's one of those things that we never really get taught about at school, and then suddenly we're expected to to understand how to how to navigate um, our feelings for the opposite sex or for the gender that we're attracted to and how to how to navigate these difficult conversations which often come up uh in the context of relationship and um no one really teaches us this and on top of that life tends to give us these challenging situations which leave an imprint um one way or the other and we can end up with with patterns or traumas or little things which kind of recur during our life and again we're not really given the tools or, um, a, a guide to kind of take us through and help us untangle these things. So in many ways, this is, this is the role that I play for people is I, I tend to do to a couple of things. First of all, is I help people untangle themselves from trauma and trauma, I'm going to define fairly broadly Carmen, as something which It's a, it's a, it's a behavior, which is automatic. It, it means it, it's, it keeps you in an unresourceful state and it disconnects you from people. And so that's a very broad definition of trauma, but it's a very kind of practical definition because it can be kind of anything that, you know, basically disconnects you from other people or your own kind of resources and greater intelligence and plays out an automatic pattern and this comes into if you've ever been triggered in a relationship or a conversation we all have let's face it that's a little trauma coming through and playing out a pattern so i help people unwind those unwind those traumas so that they can have more choice more freedom more ability to love what's going on in the moment and then you know, we have these mysterious creatures called men and women
0: yeah.
1: and men and women. If I just talk biologically rather than rather than gender, men and women operate very differently. We, we think very differently. We're designed very differently. You can argue that we are very much the same and that is also true, but it's the little differences in the ways that we perceive and respond to the world that actually make a big difference as we're as we're trying to come together and create a relationship and so part of my role is to kind of guide women towards understanding men so that they're so that they can just they can just understand men better and know how to how to work and deal with them and similarly I don't do this as often but I definitely teach men how to understand women because I've been on my own long journey of like you know I'm attracted to women, I enjoy their company and just made so many mistakes and came up against so many of my own insecurities and my own traumas that part of my journey throughout life was, okay, how do I understand and appreciate women so I can connect with them and have the relationship that I would like to have? Um, and so in doing so, I helped build that bridge between these two very different perspectives of the world. Um, so that's in a nutshell what I do. And I use hypnotherapy as one of my mediums for repairing trauma. I find it very effective. It's very, it's very, how do I say it? It's a very, it's not me kind of turning you into a chicken or making everything better. It's a way of connecting deeply with parts of ourselves and learning to love those parts And as we do, as we create a deeper relationship with these parts of ourselves, and I'm going to talk more about parts later for sure, as we learn to develop a deeper loving relationship with these parts of ourselves, this expands out into our relationship with people in the world around us. And Mm. um, so that's in a nutshell what I do.
0: And just for our listeners, can you explain hypnotherapy in case... And, and probably specifically how you use it, because there would be different types of hypnotherapy, of course.
1: Yeah, great, great, great question. I've got a range, I've got an enormous set of uh, tools that I use that I bring into hypnotherapy. So sometimes some of the things I do, hypnotherapy can be very swift, like I've helped, I've helped people um, like who might have a fear of dogs, get over this fear of dogs and say, it only takes 10 or 15 minutes. I've worked with women who have been assaulted or have been, you know, attacked during the walking at night and are afraid to go out into the street again and we can use hypnotherapy to repair these, these imprints in the mind so that they re- reconnect to their own sense of safety and can go out in public again, can basically do all the things that, it, that they want to do without this fear hijacking their system. And so in terms of the the practice that I do with hypnotherapy, there's a a number of tools that I'll pull out of my toolkit depending on what the person needs. But I can say this, that hypnotherapy is the art of guiding someone into a trance. And a trance is a very natural state. Like if you've ever been working at your computer and lost track of time, if you have ever jumped in the car and – just found yourself getting out at the other end without having any recollection of the drive, you have been in a trance state. It's a very natural, very normal, very safe kind of state. Of course, you know, while you're driving the car, if something happens, you can stop. Or if you're enjoying doing things at the the computer and the door knocks or the phone rings, you can get up and answer that. But while you're in this trance state, (laughs) There's a chance for your nervous system to shift things that it wouldn't normally be able to do in a waking state. And what I do is, while I'm with you in that trance state, I can help guide you to make, di- to help your nervous system make different choices, basically. So instead of seeing fear, or instead of always playing that voice which says things like, I'll never meet a man or all men are, are dreadful or you know I'm not good enough. These are classic kind of loops. We can go in there and say, hey, how about you think about this? Or how about you say these other things? And what does that feel like in your body? And if that feels better, then we can develop that, we can expand that so it becomes a, a natural part of you. It becomes the place that you naturally want to rest in a place of feeling good about yourself as opposed to these voices which might say you know i'm not enough or i'm too much or i'll never be good enough or will i ever meet another man or will i or woman or will i will i ever have the relationship that i want these tend to be because no one wakes up in the morning, Carmen, and, and writes down in their gratitude journal, I want to feel unworthy, I want to feel, you know, fat, lazy, and lethargic, and I want to, you know, remind myself that I'm never gonna have a good relationship. No one ever, no one ever does that in their <laughs> gratitude journal, but these thoughts just come up sometimes all by themselves, these confronting thoughts. And so this is, as I said, it's a trauma. It's a, it's a negative automatic behavior. And then we need to dive down into the unconscious and just help make friends with this little voice, which is coming up so that we can guide it in a different direction. You know? yeah. so yeah. that 's the power of the unconscious, because, as I said, consciously, we would never do that. you know no one ever says to themselves i'm going to go and eat more food than I need to in the fridge today or i 'm going to you know i 'm going to upset my partner and pick a fight we don't do that, but these things happen in spite of us, so there's a mystery of our there's a mystery of ourselves which um, hypnotherapy is really good at just gently connecting to and I don't even want to say redirecting. It's more like when you connect with your heart's intelligence, something greater about you is able to emerge.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I've never met anybody who, once we go a layer or two beneath the surface, isn't at their heart kind generous intrinsically good and intrinsically worthy of love and wants to give love
0: Mm,
1: mm. and and as we connect to these parts of ourselves which lie beneath the surface of these challenging thoughts and emotions as i guide people back to that this intelligence naturally shifts you to to the place that you know you want to be and so Mm. It's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful practice and it is just so effective at, at helping people you know, shift their relationship with their parents or their, or their brothers and sisters or their partners or their, or their view of men and women in the world. Um, and yeah, I've got dozens of success stories and beautiful stories about people who have changed their lives deeply for the better and the relationships mm-hmm. around them.
0: Yeah, I think it's so fascinating where when we change one thing, like maybe one belief, then that affects so <laughs> many different things because it's that one connecting thread to like, say, if you have a belief that you'll never find your soulmate and you clear that, you know, that helps your business, that helps relating to your parents. It's, it helps everything.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I had one I had one lady who one lady who she hadn't left the house in the past five years except to go to work, and she had been isolating herself for ten years. she'd had a dreadful experience with a guy in college, and from that point onward she'd basically put on a lot of weight, she'd separated herself from people, she had a lot of social anxiety. And then she got to the point where it's like, okay, I want to change this. I want to change this. And she dropped in and and took the step to come and see me. And as you said, we we shifted a couple of beliefs that she had about herself, which she'd uh, internalized after this experience. And after two sessions, we had shifted her social anxiety because she had Mm a she had to go to the shops and she just had a full meltdown crying, you know, horrible experience in this store. And we got her after two sessions, she was able to go back to that store and kind of say, sorry, guys, I didn't really mean to do that. And I'm here. And and by the way, I'd love that dress that I was looking at just before I melted down. So she was able to do that. And then when we worked on her beliefs around men, her, she went out on a date, her first date in like, in like ten years, it didn't work out, but that was great because she knew how to set a boundary as well. She was like, "Okay, this is lovely, but it's not for me. Thank you so much, and and all the best." And after her fourth session, she met a guy, met another guy, and they're still together today.
0: And, wow. it's, yeah.
1: and it's amazing. And she also shifted. Uh, she had she was overweight by her own description. And as we came down to this, there was this particular number on the scales, which she said, every time I get to this number, I get really anxious. It was around the weight that she had been when she kind of had this unpleasant experience with this guy, and so this particular number was very significant. And she'd come close to it in the past, and then as we shifted her belief around what this weight meant, she was able to just shed all of that weight and. Um, she used to be like a professional athlete and she was able to come back down to a much healthier range she feels great in her body she feels safe around men and now she's talking about well i think i want to quit my job i want to start a business Mm. i want to travel and so yeah it's starting to influence all these other parts of her life so yeah you're absolutely right these Mm. things are all 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 intertwined. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah Think you made a really good distinction too with hypnotherapy because a lot of um, my listeners when they've asked about hypnotherapy, they've said, well, isn't that um someone will make me do something maybe I don't want to do? Like like the chicken example, versus I love what you said, it's like being in a trance, or you know, you're driving somewhere and you're you get there, you wouldn't have had an accident, you're still there, you're not going Mm -hmm. to do something that you don't want, but there's so much more available to you when you're in this trance. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You can think of it more as a state where you actually have access to more resources, mm-hmm. and these normal voices which are saying things like, as I said, unhelpful things like you know you're you're not good enough or you're not worthy or there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. um, these voices tend to quieten down, and other voices from your heart tend to be able to come through a lot better and the other thing is in hypnotherapy um certainly the way i do it because i'm also very trauma informed i've also done a lot of um somatic work i've also done a lot of um all the things there's a there's a huge list uh one of the important pieces is that we are co-regulating and so what that means is When you get triggered, let's say you're in an argument or somebody says something or you see your ex on on Facebook or Instagram and you get triggered, right? You get this uncomfortable feeling, you start feeling uh, jealous or angry or upset or memories from the past come and that's essentially what we, we call a state of being dysregulated, okay? It's hard to work on your business it's hard to do the things that you would like to do when you're dysregulated and that can feel like you know you might have brain fog or you might be indecisive or you might be really anxious um, etc When you're working with somebody who can hold a hold a space for you where you can meet these feelings without being dysregulated this is where you get, to metabolize these uncomfortable feelings and shift them because I'm helping you regulate your system. We're co-regulating. And from that place, this is the place In when we combine that with a little trance state when you're relaxed and you're open and you're just more curious rather than trying to resist Mm -hmm. these feelings this is when the nervous system starts to release that tension and to reveal more intelligent parts of yourself, more, more of your heart, what I call the gift of the heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And from that place, everything changes. It's, um, wow. yeah, it's, it's amazing. I had a client who was, who was, she's very, very su- successful. She is, um, you know, she was a top executive in, in an Amazon or a, or a twitter kind of company silicon valley company she has a couple of kids who she's also doing her mba she has a degree in psychology she keeps fit she's just an amazing woman and she she ended up in this dreadful relationship with a narcissist who was just gaslighting her for a couple of years until she kind of pulled herself out and just went how did i let that happen okay so this is a good example of someone who is very competent in the world um, you know by all measures of success has has money and is fit and is doing a great job as a mum and but unconsciously there was a pattern there that was attracting her to a man that was just not doing her any good and so when we were able to connect with some of the causal reasons for why she drew that man into her life. We were able to shift those very swiftly. And now she's dating a wonderful guy who has been kind of like patiently waiting in the wings for her for the last three years. He's very emotionally intelligent. He has all his, you know, he's a little older. He has his his life together and basically, now her challenge is: she's like, "Oh my God, is he too good for me? What do I do with a guy who is actually emotionally available and looks like he loves me, and and is really patient and is just willing to allow me the space to to be myself?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, and he's just saying he loves me as I am. Mm-hmm. That's almost even more confronting than going out with a narcissist. Now we're doing the work to kind of help her let the love in that she actually wants and deserves and this is this is also mm. the work that I do because often often um people you know we sometimes we attract these these partners that in hindsight were not a match because mm. we're actually more scared of letting love in. And it's easier to kind of create these situations where we don't have to let love in. We can say, oh, well, it was clearly he was a narcissist or he was a this or a that. Um, but when we're faced with, oh, this person actually really loves me, that can also be really confronting. And so that's often the second stage of the work that I do is, okay, first of all, let's repair your relationship with the past. Let's, let's heal your relationship with men then, let's create the foundation where you can receive the love that you want. Mm. and then the third part of the work I do is helping people navigate the diff- the challenging conversations that come in relationship.
0: You know, mm. Tell me more about that so mm. that's I think that's a so many people struggle with not only speaking their truth but mm-hmm. communicating in a way that doesn't start a fight, but they don't feel walked over. So yeah, tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, 100%, 100%. You know, how do we how do we set boundaries without pushing the other person away? How do we ask for what we want without being scared of rejection? How do we bring up, uh, you know, how do we have conversations around topics which we're pretty sure the other person is not going to be so pleased about, Um and how do we navigate these things? Um, because, yeah, sometimes people think that I want to be in a relationship with a. Often, women will say, "I want to be in a relationship with a man that helps me feel safe, that that loves me, that holds me, etc." And underneath, there's a desire that this relationship is going to kind of solve all your problems, you know, life is going to be good. And sometimes relationship is just the start of a whole new set of problems. (laughs) (laughs) You're Like I didn't plan on this. And these conversations are really important. So what what can I give you right now that would be really helpful? Using... I statements okay actually i'm going to start with a game i'm going to start with a great game that i played with um just a little practice that i did with a girl for for a long time she eventually became a beautiful partner of mine um and this game builds a lot of trust and intimacy it's what i it builds what i call the grounds of health in a relationship Hmm. and as an example I think um for every every negative comment that you make about somebody you need to give them about six positive comments for things to even out okay so if you say something to your partner even if you if you're teasing them and saying you know you'll never be able to do that or I don't think you're any good at that um and you actually you actually mean it or you're trying to you're trying to be a little nasty it'll take six positive compliments for them to Mm. regain the trust in you where they feel safe again. So this game I played with this girl as we were getting to know each other and, and building up this sense of trust. And it's called, I call it the appreciation game. And at the end of every day, we would share with each other three appreciations, no, three gratitudes and three appreciations. And a gratitude is something like something that you're grateful for, which doesn't involve the other person. So for example, and you would swap one, one would say one and another, the other partner would say would have their turn. So I might say something like I'm grateful for, you know, I'm grateful for the amazing sunrise on the beach this morning. And she would say something like I'm grateful for the amazing time we had, um, or the amazing time I had with friends at the picnic today. And then I would say something like, I'm grateful for my health. And she would say, I'm grateful for the, the fabulous dress that I got to wear today. And, you know, etc. And then an appreciation Carmen, is something that you, it, it goes like this. When you did XXX, I felt YYY. I felt this way. And what I get about you is this, okay? Mm. So as an example, here's one. When you, this is a real example from what I noticed, when you were making the hot chocolate and you were adding in the little chunks of cacao butter and you were stirring it so attentively, I felt just, I felt really warm in my chest and really relaxed in my belly. And what I get about you is how much you care about making a drink taste delicious for everyone that is going to that for everyone that you're making it for. Okay. I can also say something. And she said things to me, like when you held the door open for me, I felt really cared for. And what I get about you is that, yeah, you notice where I am in the room and you care for me. Okay. It's these, it's these little, it's these little things. Another one is like when, when you invited me over, um, and you said, let's eat. And then you set the table. I felt cared for and when I saw you set the table with the candle and the special cutlery and the plates and a little flower there, I get how much beauty you bring to the world and how much you want to share that with someone like me. Okay. So these are appreciations. Mm -hmm. These are ways in which you can share with the other person, the little things that you notice that make an impact on you. And it it just builds this deep sense of trust, like oh, what I do matters and is noticed by the the other person.
0: Because mm. yeah. at the end of the day, I think don't we all as adults want to be appreciated and loved and seen? Yes, yeah. yes,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like like when we're little babies, when we're tiny little babies, we you know we vomit on ourselves we shit all (laughs) over the place and our parents just go bananas they're like oh my god you are the most amazing thing i've ever seen and like we're just (laughs) lying there gurgling and not doing we're just we are deeply loved as we are without needing to be any different and then at some point something changes and suddenly we have to do things or not do things you know it's like don't draw on the wall you know you have to be quiet when aunt jane comes over or you know wear these clothes because otherwise you'll get cold you know and in this moment something happens where i think we we go oh i'm not lovable just as i am now i need to be quiet or i need to be warm or i need to be these other things and and so then we go around trying to figure out how do we get that love back mm-hmm. that we just mm-hmm. so easily got and then it gets worse as we get older you know then we need some then we become these people who think oh i need to be successful or i need to earn a certain amount of money to get love or i need to look a certain way to get love or i need to have certain things in order to be loved mm-hmm. and the appreciation game is like reminding us you just need to make coffee the way that you do you just need to set the table the way that you do you just need to do the you just need to hold the door open the way that you do for everyone almost Mm -hmm. and you are loved you're appreciated you're noticed for it and it Mm -hmm. brings us back to that state of our own intrinsic goodness which Mm -hmm. And I remember having a really challenging time one day with this with this girl that I was talking about. I got quite triggered by something she said, and it was just an offhand remark. She wasn't meaning to to upset me, and I could have gone away and salt, you know, which is kind of what I do. And instead, because we'd spent a month together doing this appreciation game, I knew that at the end of the day. She would share with me three things that she noticed and appreciated about me, and when I felt into that 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 feeling, I was like, "This is okay. I know that this person holds me in such high regard that i mm-hmm. can I can just uh let this trigger come up, but I don't need to make a th- make a fuss out of it mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. it was just. It was just so helpful. It was so helpful for everything.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's what a beautiful practice for whether you're getting to know someone, whether you've been in a relationship for six years. I mean, that's a beautiful practice. Yep. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's I recommend you can you can do that with anybody, you can do that with your friends, your loved ones. Mm. It's such a great little practice.
0: I um, love that you shared that. Which mm. which makes me I wanted to ask you this at the beginning and I don't want to forget this question. What mm-hmm. made you get into this work? Because I think we all have a purpose and there's a reason why we do what we do for you. What is that? Like what made you so passionate to help people with their relationships?
1: Oh, that's a, I think because I have, That's a great question in one, one, I'll give you several answers. One of them is that I'm always thinking about people and relationships and mm-hmm. Connection—it's the thing that I kind of obsess over, you know. Language: How do people operate? How do I operate? How can we make things better? Um, it's just, you know, some people obsess over computer games or business or other things. I obsess over relationships. Um, secondly, I think in my own personal journey to to heal that wound that I'm talking about of you know, is there something wrong with me? Um, am I broken? Am I worthy in my in my own journey to kind of repairing that wound? Um, I just found that if I could connect with people better, in some ways, if I could connect with people better, I could get the love that I was seeking. <laughs> and as I built up those skills, yeah. And, as I became more complete in myself and was like "I don't want to say the word manipulate, but as I was becoming as as I was coming from a place of deeper self love and then able to kind of share that with people through these beautiful communication skills and and this capacity for empathy and love that I have, um the more I could see that gee, you know, if, if this person could have said that differently, or if they were aware of the impact and could have changed things, that whole argument could have been avoided or things could have been uh, so much different or, um, you know, these communication skills, I think you might've, you were loosely connected at this stage, but these communication skills helped me navigate that challenging situation in Bali, um, with our houses, which was like literally a, a five million dollar conversation, you know. So, the skills that I've that I use and teach within intimate relationships are also have real world business mm-hmm. applications and and uh, you know things across the board. So, yeah. for me, also, I'm very lazy, Carmen, and I found that if, <laughs> I, can, if I can communicate in a way where people just Uh, get on better then it just makes my life so much easier you know um Mm -hmm. so yeah there's a number of there's a number of reasons um yeah and it just seems to be my natural propensity
0: yeah which i think is really so intertwined with our purpose like our our wound is such our gift because Mm -hmm. it's what we're most interested in to heal for ourselves and it's we stay So intrigued with it because it's our own journey, you know. So we want to perfect it. We want to get better. We're obsessed by it. So it's a wound is always. I I think for me, it's you. I've always wanted to create a life I just loved living, and Mm -hmm. my business, and my health, and so that's what I wanted to teach because I wanted to figure it out for myself too. So I I think that's for anyone listening, like all of our listeners, like you know, what is it that you want to figure out for yourself? That is Mm. often what you should be teaching
1: totally scratch and I think that wound um is is a gift yeah because mm. it's the itch the that you keep scratching I mean yeah. my 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 childhood I'm, my childhood wound was one of neglect okay so I was I was not born with an instruction kit and my my parents didn't have a manual for how to deal how to love up Ruskies little Russells <laughs> um and as a consequence I just didn't I didn't receive the the nourishing, the nurturing, the love that my nervous system needed. And so pretty much um, I have spent the rest of my life finding ways to receive that and finding ways to kind of create the love that love in the world around me as well. I'm very much the diplomat, I'm very much the peacemaker. I'm very much the one who can see both sides. I'm very much the one who can communicate between those sides to kind of create a sense of harmony as well. Mm. And um and that's that kind of obsession that that wound that that um that curiosity and desire in myself to create more love is mm. uh, is kind of what drives me as well.
0: Mm. And I think you've transferred it really well for how it works for each individual, different personalities, different mm. human design. Like it's not yep. just you figuring it out for yourself. It's like, well, how can I help everyone figure it out for themselves? Reston, do, you, do you feel, because I know you've been working with, you know, in this field for quite a while in some way or, or another. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like in the past two years, and not just so around COVID, so maybe let's say the the past five years, do you feel there's been a shift with what people want in relationships or the struggles they have, Ooh. or is it all the same? Like, is it, is it always right. all the same?
1: <laughs> great question. Great, great question. Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. So yes, yes. I'll tell you, there's a few, there's a few very significant cultural, uh, cultural shifts, which are changing the field of relationships. Um, so we ha- we had in around 2017, I think me too, the me too era started to come and the, there's been a, the steady growing wave of what I'll call the feminine empowerment movement, um, women supporting women. Um, and in, in the me too era, you know, a lot of, a lot of powerful men, uh, just being exposed for the, for the dreadful things that they've done and, this combination of and on top of that there's been a lot of certainly in my circles a lot of rise of of women female entrepreneurs mm. and men i think are lagging in some way there's there's definitely been a rise in men's emotional intelligence in in the number of men um yeah joining men's circles, learning about their emotions, um, becoming more emotionally available. So this is this has created a couple of interesting dynamics. One is that, uh, from my observation, men are a little scared and confused. Okay. And the consequences for getting it wrong as a man are very high now. So as an example, one of my one of my friends who worked for a multi-billion dollar Silicon Valley tech company, uh, was, was, I don't know if he was accused, but someone stepped forward and said, this man touched my knee inappropriately at a party three years ago. Okay. And the management had to let him go. Hmm. And so I don't know That was, I mean, that was kind of all, obviously, I wasn't at the party. I don't know if anybody in the board of management was at the party. From my perspective, he was a a lovely guy. Um, And I think more, uh, even more concerning is for me, I'm a very kind of touchy-feely, naturally touchy person. That could have been me just quite easily and unintentionally, just um, maybe even reassuringly touching somebody's shoulder or someone's knee. And there are, there are very real consequences. And so um, as a reflection for me, it's like, Oh, I have to uh, radically adjust something that I do naturally because it's no, it may be perceived um, as inappropriate and there, there could be some very big consequences. Um, So, at the same time, you know, as, as men and women become connected to more spiritual teachings and the teachings of polarity and the difference between masculinity and femininity, there's a teaching around to the masculine of like, women want to be claimed. They want to feel your desire. Okay. And so as a man, I'm, I'm like, Okay, women want me to approach. It's very clear amongst m- the majority of women that I speak to that they want men to approach. Um, but if we do it wrong, we could either be accused of just being a predator, or we could be, or we could be rejected. Okay, which also is dreadful. That's the burden <laughs> men. Bear.
0: you got more to worry about now these days
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the consequences of getting if I send you a text message or I reach out to you or I ask you out um the consequences are either going to be that I get rejected or you know I I come across as too strong or I come across as weak you know and like who is this guy I want to be I want to you know let's say that I wrote a post about this earlier it's like um Let's say that I go, "Hey, what are you doing Friday? Want to have some beachy good times? Let me know." Either way, and a woman can perceive that as, "Oh, great, he's he's asking me out," or she could go, "Oh, what a loser!" I, tell me which restaurant you are going to be. I want to be claimed. I want to know. Give me a time and a date and a restaurant, and and be really clear that you want to hang out instead of just like whatevs, you know. Mm-hmm. But, if a man goes the other way and says, "You know, meet me, I will pick you up at seven o'clock, wear a white dress and heels <laughs> we uh, and and um we will be going here she will be she could go." Who are you to tell me what to wear? I want to choose the restaurant because I have dietary requirements. How dare you not ask me in the first place and assume that I'm actually interested in you. Okay. We can't We're tell. We, minds. <laughs> right, yeah, we can't read the minds. And, and as I said, the consequences are very, can be very high if we get this mm-hmm. wrong. So I think that's one of the challenges. Okay. The other, there's a couple of other challenges in the world of Tinder. Uh, and online dating, we have so much choice. We have so much choice. Um, and it's so easy to discard people that don't match our, our high expectations. And we kind of, we kind of have this, have this disposable culture, uh, and this sense of, and I think this is both with men and women now, um, both it's easy to swipe right and just to keep going until you find someone that's better. Um, And this sense of like, well, I'm just going to wait until I, you know, I'm not going to jump in because there might be something better around the corner because there's so Mm -hmm. much choice. Um, There's a great book called Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari, who talks about the, how dating and relating has evolved. And in, in our grandparents' days, they would generally have a small pool of partners from within the same neighborhood and then it grew to the same city and now you can date somebody from anywhere around the world you know so we have that huge pool we have more choice but we're less kind of connected and we're less willing to invest the time that it takes i think to get to know somebody and to build Mm -hmm. up the grounds for health so that's another challenge and then i think the on top of that there's a fundamental difference between men and women, which is really challenging. M- women tend to want, or let's say, to be a little more politically correct. And, and that's another challenge, again, is like trying to get all the gender fluidity, political correctness in into our language so we don't offend somebody. I'm still trying to catch up, so apologies if I've offended <laughs> anybody already. Um, wh- uh so with the women or the feminine tends to want commitment and safety. And but definitely commitment. That's the overriding thing. The overriding thing that I hear. Commitment and emotional availability from a man. Men, as we are also waking up, our drive, the drive of the masculine is towards freedom and more so towards freedom and so i hear a lot of women complaining that men want to be poly okay and this is a real challenge because they want the commitment and men i think are learning to you know just as women are learning to express their needs and what they want men are like waking up to this oh you know i i had this masculine drive which wants to date meet to, to sleep with anything with two feet in a heartbeat and I have to express it because I need to be honest and I need to be, um I need to declare what I want. And so we're having this, this interesting thing where men are actually claiming what they want. And when they're saying, I want to be poly, but it's very different to what women want. And so women are still kind of mm. feeling very frustrated by this, mm. uh, by, you know, how can I meet, the part the life partner that I want, that, that, you know, my very bones and my body desires. Um, but we're now in a culture where men are more often choosing polyamory, where there is so much choice. Um, and where our ex, you know, we're told that you can have whatever you want, however you want it. Um, and there's so much choice around, um, mm. so these are all very so challenging.
0: Questions with this before you go on, because this is such a fascinating topic. Yeah. Do you feel, number one, that part? Well, men are waking up; like they have to be authentic and and mm-hmm. and really claim what they want as well. Do you feel that the polyamory is in part because they no longer can have the adventures that they used to have? You know, they're many Ooh. men are just in offices now, or, or even if you're oh. an entrepreneur like we are, we're on our laptop a lot. Do you yeah. feel they're missing the adventure and the exploration and the you know, the chasing of the chalice? So it, does that play into it? Right. And then secondly, uh-huh. with polyamory, have you, because of course, living in Bali, we had a lot of polyamory just everywhere. So you're very used mm-hmm. to it. I haven't seen as many long-term studies Do people tend to stay in that or, or like after two to three years say, okay, I've had my fill?
1: Yeah, great. Two very
0: different questions, but.
1: (laughs) I love the premise of the first one, like a a men kind of drawn to polyamory. So essentially you're saying is, is, is sexuality, the field in which they can adventure because we're trapped behind laptops and, and we're not, you know.
0: Yeah, there's in the no climbing of mountains or exploring. Oh, other, I love you know? that. I mm-hmm.
1: love that question. I, the short answer is, I'm not sure. I think, I think sexuality is is a field of its own. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure if I do have this one. I do remember the a, a guy that I worked with who was who was a prince, the principal at the the school of magic that I used to teach at, and um, he he. He'd been had very checkered past. He'd been an intravenous speed addict. He had a whole bunch of tattoos. He he then dated and married one of our students. I guess that's kind of like a taboo, but it was it was beautiful. Uh, he had he then got the house. He got the car. He got the stable job, and he came up to me and said, "Russ, I don't know why, but I just want to get another tattoo." You know, and it's and it is. There is there is definitely this drive to express and explore and you know to to push the edge you know because he had so much stability now he had the girl the house the car the job all the things Mm. but there's a very deep drive within us to express and explore and and to pursue the edge so um i'm not sure i'm not uh i'm not sure if uh he, I mean, in his case, he wasn't looking to kind of explore sexually with anyone else. Mm. So he was very devoted to his, uh, to his sweetheart. Um, I think with the, and I'm not saying that every man will want to be polyamorous either. What I am saying is that as, as men become more self-aware, this is a part of the male psyche, which they need to make their peace with, you know? Mm. So, you know many men do want long-term committed relationships and in their own way they either need they they just need to make their peace with the part of them Mm. it's like the prime biological desire for men to just spread their seed okay Mm. and uh as i said as you become more self-aware you will become i call it the beast of my desires in me and um you know i've spent a long time trying to well making my peace with okay where where does this fit in me and Mm -hmm. if I am in a committed relationship what do I do with this energy you know maybe I need to go out and get some tattoos um so that it gets expressed Mm -hmm. um and then secondly your question around is poly in in some of the communities that I've lived in is it sustainable um that's a really good yes 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 yes. Yep. Um, A couple of friends of mine have a couple of kids, they've been married for eight years, they get married every year. And they're in a very, very poly relationship. Here's the here's the thing is that whether you're in a monogamous or a polyamorous um, relationship, the principles and the challenges remain the same. Okay. Mm. It's not like you won't feel jealous of other people, it's not like your partners won't be attracted to other people, it's not like you won't be attracted to other people. Um the question is really how do you navigate these things which are kind of baked into our DNA? Like as Dan Savage says, uh, sex has been around for 10,000, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. It's the reason we're all here. Religion has been around for about a thousand years and modern culture has been around for like 50 years, okay? Sex is going to win, okay? These impulses are going to be there. Um, You know, you're going to wake up one morning and discover you're not attracted to your partner and attracted to somebody else. And you have to, you need to know the the relational skills or the conversational Mm -hmm. skills to be able to share that And then this is something that I've noticed, Carmen. When I can be vulnerable, when the relationship and the connection is deep enough to hold these uncomfortable conversations, when I can share something without shaming myself for what I feel and when the other person can hear that without shaming or blaming or making anything wrong, the intimacy grows deeper, And it's almost like great sex is nature's reward for being emotionally vulnerable. Like the times when I have shared something that I'm absolutely shit scared to talk about, like, you know, Oh, I really like this other person. I definitely committed to you, but I just had these feelings. And my partner can hear that without, without shaming me. I'm like, Oh my God, I felt so bad and so guilty about that feeling but now I see that you are still loving me in that place. And I just like magnetize towards my partner again. Whereas the act of not telling her creates a separation. And so I think that this is one of the keys to long-term relationships is being able to constantly have these challenging conversations, which increases the, the... the vulnerability, but then the, the, the deeper connection. So if you, you combine the appreciation game with, you know, the ability to just share the things that are on your mind and also combine that with doing the work on yourself, getting therapy on yourself to be able to shift your triggers. Then you have like the three legs of something that will stand the test of time and then it's really up to you and your partner how you want to create that relationship whether it's monogamous or poly or or anything in between you guys just get to speak to your desires and craft something which is supportive of the relationship so for me you know I'm I don't advocate one way or the other with poly or or monogamy I I advocate for emotional intelligence And vulnerability and and those two will get you through whatever it is that you want to create Mm.
0: i think you made such a great distinction that when you can build that kind of relationship with your partner whoever your partner is Mm -hmm. where you and sometimes this takes time because it's scary to to talk Mm -hmm. about you know things that you may be feeling but if you can build that where you feel totally comfortable sharing, and both can hold that, mm. it takes so much of the energy out of it that sometimes it's not even what you want anymore. You need to be able to talk about it.
1: In fact, I had this. I was having this conversation exactly the other day. It was with a woman. She's married. She her 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 partner has um, other partners. And yeah, I'm not sure what the nature of. His, I think he's. I won't go into details, but basically she was saying like, I want to be able to have sex with, with, um, this particular guy that I've been, you know, kissing for the last year within the context of their marriage. This is a, a third guy. And, um, and so he was like a little reluctant, but then she was like, well, you know, I give you the same permission. I would like the same permission and they worked it out. They're very good communicators and they've had a lot of practice over many, many years as well. This is, wasn't something they just read a book about and then could do it. Um, and then when he, he gave her his full permission, great. If you want to sleep with this guy with my blessing and, you know, I will still love you and I'm here, et cetera. And then she was like, I don't think I want to do it anymore. (laughs) It's like, oh, I've been thinking about this for months and now I don't want to do it anymore. And I think this, Carmen, this example is again one of the secrets that that I have witnessed in my journey, both personally and professionally. That as I do the work, you know, and by the work, I mean, you know, as I have sought out therapy myself to deal with the things that that I struggle with on the inside and as I have learned to just listen to people especially my partners even and just let them say the things that they want to say without judging them even if they're saying things that on paper are potentially dreadful like you know let's say as an example like i I, really don't like you at the moment and who do you think you are? And and perhaps getting a lot of charge at me, the more I can hold that without getting triggered and the more that I can simply see their light and give them full permission to be who they are and, and do what, you know, do what they believe in. Suddenly I find that all the things they were wanting to do or angry about just drop away And we just fall back into connection, you know, exactly like my friend. It's like, well, suddenly I don't want to sleep with this other guy anymore because my husband is so amazing. Look at that. Look how amazing is He just gave me permission to sleep with someone else. Why would I want to do that? You know, because he's so amazing. Um, But that, you know, as we can all appreciate, that conversation is not an easy one. Uh, But as we get better at these, as we understand more about each other, Um, that's, I think when the, the magic happens and we can keep a relationship fresh and interesting and connected over time, because the good and bad thing about life is that it's always going to give us situations, which are just like, Oh my God, what am I going to do here? You know, life is always throwing us situations.
0: And we think, you know, we would just want safety and security and the relationship to stay the same, but we don't actually, because it would become so boring. Like if you can get to that place and that's why it is, all of my growth has happened when I seek out mentors, like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I did the hypnotherapy session with you, when I had a coach that helped me learn to speak my truth 15 Mm -hmm. years ago, Mm -hmm. because those things I, I really believe, especially around speaking your truth and then, then being able to be in communication with your partner or your significant other, mm. changes everything. And then that yeah. is what keeps your life interesting and alive and yes. and passionate yeah. And, yeah.
1: and yeah, yeah.
0: It's not necessarily easy, but it's so worth it.
1: 100%. That's right. It's not easy, but it's worth it and learning how learning this set of emotional intelligence, like mm-hmm. you said, how to speak your truth, mm-hmm. um how to and working through your own your own traumas. Mm-hmm. These are the keys. These are the keys and then you'll find that you're if you're not in a relationship, you will find that as you learn more about men and as you do the work, you will start to attract emotionally available guys you'll start to attract and bring out the best in men and you'll start to notice them wanting to open doors for you and provide and to and to protect you and then when you connect with a man in the way that you would like as you have the skills to navigate you know the challenges that arise you will grow deeper and deeper into love and connection and um that's that's the journey you know and as you said we i think there's just a little reflection now upon what you said i think that most women want safety and commitment at the start because they're actually in the dating when you're dating it's there's a lot of unknown so naturally your psyche is going to want the opposite it's going to want safety and dependability because the dating pool is so unknown once you get that, you know, once you've like put a ring on it, it's like, okay, we need to have some adventure. We need to spice things up now because the the opposite. Um, this is something that I, uh, Tony Robbins talks a lot about: the six human needs, and the first two are safety and I think it's it's um, unique, being unique, special, and different. Variety. It's actually variety, safety and variety. So we need, we all need safety. Safety is sexy, but if we get too much safety, as you said, life becomes boring, okay? So the opposite need is we all need variety. We all need something different. We all need something to look forward to. That's the dopamine system. But if we have too much variety, if we have too, you know, if you don't know where you're gonna sleep that night, if you don't know where your next paycheck's gonna come from, if you don't know, um, you know, that your partner is gonna be there, then we go we, we go the other way, and we need a lot more safety. But the two need to be balanced.
0: Yeah, I'm going to put the six the six um I can't remember how Tony Robbins phrases it. The six needs is it the, the six six, the six human it? needs? Yeah, six human needs. Okay, I'll put them in the show notes. They're they're always so good to review because they they're seeming oh. to be disparate, but you need both in your life.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I might even have a little. I might even have a little presentation too I could give you uh, and your readers comment around. It, it outlines a few of the underlying forces, which, um, which govern our behavior. So there's, there's, there's the six human needs. There's our values system, you know, just our Mm. values in general. And then underneath that, there's what Dr. Gabor Mate talks about this fundamental difference between authenticity and attachment. And it's Mm. like when I was talking about how as a baby we're just loved as we are Um, and then at a certain point we realize we have to be different if we want to be loved. Mm. And so what we do is we sacrifice our authenticity, our natural sense of self to be attached, to be loved by our parents. And unfortunately this carries into our adult life where we find ourselves adjusting ourselves or compromising our own needs or having our our internal boundaries crossed so that we can be loved. And adulthood is about reclaiming who you are and loving that person. You reclaim your authenticity and who it is that you are. And from that place, you can be authentically loved as well because you're not adjusting yourself. And that's, yeah, you know, a very deep, you know, that's kind of baked into our nervous system. Mm-hmm. And when they get out of balance, that's when having someone who can help you co-regulate and take you into a trance to then connect to these parts is extremely, extremely useful.
0: Mm. Yeah. Such important work you're doing, Rusky. Where can people find you if they want to work with you one-on-one? Where's the best place for them to go?
1: Great question. Um, Just check me out on Instagram, um, at the heart alchemist, .alchemist. the.heart.alchemist. And my name's Russell Price on Facebook as well. You'll see a whole bunch of things that I write about. Um, You'll kind of get my quirky sense of humor. And at a certain point, I'm going to be releasing a course around the conversations that you need to be able to navigate when you're dating, when you first get into a relationship, And when you're in a relationship, so you can just look out for that. Find me on Instagram and it'd be great to, great to connect.
0: And I'll put all your, your details, Ruski in the show notes so people can easily find you too. Thank you so much. This is just, (laughs) it's such an important conversation because you know, what Mm. we always think about is our health, our relationships, our our purpose. So hugely important. So thank you. Thank you for all you're bringing to the world.
1: Yeah. My pleasure, Carmen. And to everyone listening, I hope you have a wonderful day and that your relationships flourish. Take care of them. Take care of yourself. And um, yeah, I look forward to connecting. Bye, Rusky. Cool. Ciao, Bella.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd absolutely love if you left a review on iTunes. It really helps me to get the podcast out there to support more people just like you to create soulful lives. And as a thank you, I'd love to send you my 20 personal affirmations for manifesting an aligned, magical, and fulfilling life. To access this freebie, simply send a screenshot of your review to soulcraft at carmenmarshall.com and I'll send you my favorite affirmations and mantras straight to your inbox. All my love, and I'll see you on the next episode.